0: Good morning, everyone. How's everyone doing in the heat? We okay? Yeah, just about, just about. So yeah, the air con's out there. So go and take your coffee out there later. That's going to be the best place to be. Or a supermarket, alternatively. That's going to be a good place to be. Um, So I wonder how many, if I look around the room, how many of us are on some kind of social media, whether that be Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok? Yeah, I can see the TikTok users in the room. Brilliant. Yeah. Steve, I notice spot you over there. Brilliant. Um, anyone else ever ever get that feeling that everybody else's life is perfect? Ooh. You look in, you have a little window into other people's lives, and you just think, wow, they are living a much better life than I am right now. Mm-hmm. You see, you know, we live in this age where everybody shares their life through the media of social, through the medium of social media, and and often it kind of feels don't measure up, like there's something that's not quite right in us. Um, and for many of us, it's like all we need is likes, isn't it? You, we used to say all you need is love, all you need is likes now. I think that's the, that's the new mantra. And I just want to contrast this with this, um, with this image of a broken bowl. Um, and if we click on to the next slide. And this is a bowl that's been mended by the ancient Kintsugi method, Apologies to any Japanese speakers in the room, but um, I may not have got that 100% right. Um, But kintsugi pottery is the art of mending broken things with lacquer and gold. And so these powdered uh, gold cracks that we see in this pottery remind us that the breakage itself was a really significant and intrinsic part of of that object's history. So the cracks are always going to exist in that bowl. But once mended, these golden cracks will ensure that it can be continued to, to be used. And in fact, its value probably increases because of the gold in there. Now, Kintsugi finds the beauty in imperfection. Now, if we were to apply that same principle to our lives, if we allow all the brokenness that we experience to shape people that we are becoming, it's about accepting that we have flaws, that we have imperfections, whatever life throws at us. But it demonstrates a, a sense of resilience and acceptance of our broken parts. We are fragile and yet strong. There is beauty in brokenness, and we are able to bring restoration as, as, as we release that to the lives of those around us. You see, in life, we all experience difficult and challenging times, don't we? But this idea of Kintsugi shows us the importance of allowing a master potter to put us back together again. Allowing each one of us to receive healing and transformation. You see, none of us are perfect. None of us have the lives that other people seem to live on social media. None of us measure up to that because we all fall short of the glory of God. And yet the promise from Jesus is that he will restore us. In part, as we live this life on this earth now, but also in eternity, we will all be restored in complete fullness. And that's a beautiful thing. So this is the final talk in our series on walking with Jesus. If you've missed out on any of the talks, they're all available online on the YouTube page or on the talks page on the website. Um, And today we're thinking about walking in restoration. Now, the talk is going to be a little bit different today. Um, because I'm going to be sharing the talk with Alex, and I'm going to introduce Alex in just a minute or two, but I'm really excited for what Alex is going to share with us. Um, But what I'm going to do, I'm going to read the passage, um, I'm going to introduce Alex a little bit, and then Alex is going to share before I wrap things up at the end. So um, shall we read together? We're going to read from John chapter 21. So I have it on on my tablet here in front of me. It will come up on the screen behind me as well. so let's, let's just read this together. So this is about Jesus reinstating Peter. It says this, When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Alex, do you want to come up and join me? So this is Alex, everyone. Can we welcome Alex? Alex. So Alex, Alex. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know why I repeated your name, but um, so so Alex, you you are married to Samina. Yes. You have a son, Philip, who has an awful lot of energy. So um, <laughs> yes, he does. So he's always running around whenever I see Philip. So so how long have you been um, at Riverside? Uh, almost two years. Okay. Almost fantastic. two years now. And, and where were you? Before you came to Felton, where were you, Alex?
1: I lived all my life in Romania. Okay. So three years ago, we moved to UK. Yeah. Ten minutes walk from here, we live. Amazing. So since then, we joined this church, and we feel amazing here. Fantastic. God bless you all. <laughs> That's great.
0: And so I know you love the Bible, I know you love you lead a small group as well, I know you love doing that. But what what do you love doing most to kind of switch off, to relax, have fun? What what would you say to that?
1: What I love is to spend time with my wife and my son. Yeah. To go for long walks, play right. in the park, doing stuff at home, Who does most watching of the a movie. movie. Is that you or Philip?
0: Or... <laughs> I have to place up my Yeah, him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good. Alex, I would love to pray for you, and I know you've got some amazing things to share with us. So well, if you're able to, why don't you just reach out a hand to Alex as, a, as I just pray for him. Lord, I, I thank you so much for Alex. I thank you for his heart for you. Lord, I thank you that all the things that you have been sharing with him as he prepares for this talk... And I pray that as he speaks those out to us today, that you would breathe life on those words and that we would receive them, Lord. So take away any fear. Lord, I, I know that you know, you're speaking in a, in a second language. So Lord, I pray that you take away any fear of that. Amen. And, and we, love, uh, we love you and we, we are so looking forward to what you've got to share with us. We bless you in the name of Jesus. Amen.
1: Amen. Wonderful. Thank you, Rob. I cannot believe this has really happened, (laughs) Uh, but there's no way back now. (laughs) We see in this passage that Peter is sent to do the work to which God calls him after declaring his love for the Lord. However, only a few days ago, in a moment of weakness, Peter disowned Jesus in a way he would never have believed. This was not because he did not love Jesus, but because he was just a man, like me and you. It can happen to each of us to sin against God, in one way or another. As for Peter's mistake, the Bible tells us that the moment Peter disowned the Lord for the third time, just then Jesus turned his gaze and looked straight into his eyes. At that moment, Realizing his failure, Peter comes out of the courtroom and begins to weep bitterly without even having a chance to say a word to Jesus. The mistake he was making now hurt so much because he loved the Lord and wanted to be faithful to Him. He wanted to take the time to change something, but it was too late. As proof of his love for Jesus lies his bitter weeping, regret, and pain that he felt with guilt and disowning sin inside of him. But Peter's story doesn't end here. doesn't end it like this. God, who sees everything, also saw the disappointment, regret, and repentance in Peter's heart. So, on the morning of Jesus' resurrection, the angel who appears to the woman at the tomb, telling them that Jesus had risen, also said to them, go and tell his disciples and Peter that Jesus is going before you to Galilee, where you will see him just as he told you. I especially like the statement, and Peter. He needed to receive this special invitation after the fall, to hear that he is still one of Jesus' disciples. Blessed be our God, who has mercy on us, even in our less successful days. Here we see that Peter was in the sight of the Lord for the future. God had not given up on him. God restored Peter and continued with him what he had in his plan. Now, I would like to invite you to look into your life, into your heart. Are there things that need to change, which needs to be restored? I know that many of us do beautiful things for God and people. That's not what I'm talking about today. When you want to restore something, you do not change the good things, but the ones that are degraded and are no longer as they should be. Everything that is good remains, but what is bad must be repaired if possible, and if not, taken out and replaced with something new. Restoration requires desire, work, effort, time, and sacrifice. The restoration process is not always pleasant and comfortable, but in the end, you will fully enjoy your work. Maybe like Peter, we went through moments of failing, which we did not want in our lives. Moments of which we are ashamed now. Acts that dishonored Christ. Different ways in which we did not obey His will and choose to sin instead. Moments when we were disappointed in our behavior and actions and and could no longer look into Jesus' eyes. Brothers and sisters, if we are not careful, sin can enter our lives in many forms, negatively affecting our soul, our mind, our body, our family, our relationship with others and most important our relation with God. But the great news today is that it doesn't matter how low you feel, how great was your failure, because the one who died on the cross for your sins is standing in front of you today telling you that he loves you immensely. And this is Jesus, blessed be his name. Whoever you are in this place, you must know that there is forgiveness for the sin in your life. He wants the burden you carry in your soul to be taken today. He wants to free you from any sinful lust and restore your life. This is what Jesus wants to do in your life. But it's also very important What do you want for yourself? Do you want a holy and clean life in all aspects? Do you want a holy and clean mind? Do you want a beautiful behavior and the life lived in holiness? God says, be holy, for I am holy. His will is our sanctification every day. The sin in the life of a Christian who must become more and more like Christ every day, cannot be comfortable or tolerable, but only painful and unpleasant, irritating us every time we stand in the presence of the Lord. That is why when we sin, we should weep bitterly, as Peter did, asking for forgiveness, regretting our attitude, and wishing that this would not happen again in our lives. God wants to restore everything that is not according to His will in our lives. I urge you to make new decisions today. Let us call on the Holy Spirit to make the light within us so that we can see what needs to change in our lives. Accept the restoration of your heart today and you will be amazed at the blessing that God has prepared for your life. May God help us all. Amen.
0: You know, I love, the, I love the truth of what Alex has just shared with us. I nearly fell off the chair there. Um, it, you know, it doesn't matter how low you feel, Alex said, how great your failure, because the one who died on the cross for your sins is standing in front of you today, telling you that he loves you. He loves you. And that is the good news of the gospel. And, and you know, we see this theme of restoration throughout the whole of Scripture, Perhaps, you know, in many ways, it is the dominant theme of the, whole, of the whole of the Bible. From Genesis through to Revelation, we see God's rescue plan in place. From Genesis to the prophets that spoke into the life of, of the people of Israel, to the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus himself, right through to Resula- Revelation at the end. See, restoration in the Bible speaks of healing. It speaks of repairing. It speaks of returning to how things were made to be in the first place. And I love how we see this in the person of Peter. Perhaps more than anyone else throughout the Bible, we see how he physically turned and walked in a different way. You know, as I said at the beginning, we all fall short of the glory of God. We are all broken, each one of us but God will restore those who recognize their brokenness. And God longs for each one of us to be restored and to be renewed. So I'm just going to share three quick thoughts of how we can walk in that restoration, and then we'll spend some time praying for one another. So firstly, come to Jesus. I love how Jesus approaches Peter on the beach, how Jesus takes him aside and he said, you know, let's not forget that the very last time, as Alex unpacked, the last time that Peter had seen Jesus, he saw him as he was being sentenced to death. And he looked at him in the, in, straight in the eyes at that moment. Peter had told everyone that he'd seen that he didn't even know Jesus. I mean, that's not being a good friend, is it? Peter's probably wondering, what on earth is Jesus going to say to me? Maybe he thinks, that's it, I'm out, I'm, you know, he, he, I can't be accepted anymore. Am I even worthy of restoration? wonder if we've ever had those kind of thoughts ourselves. Instead, Jesus gently rebukes Peter. He restores him and then sets him on a new path. I love how Jesus speaks to Peter. He asks him um, if he loved him in three different ways. If we just read this passage in English, it would appear that Jesus is just asking the same question three times, like perhaps an exasperated parent saying, have you tidied your room yet? Have you tidied your room yet? Have you tidied your room yet? Not that that's ever happened in my house. But you see, the original Greek translation looks a little different. See, the first time that Jesus asked Peter, he says, do you truly love me? do you truly love me? The word that Jesus uses for love in Greek is translated as as agape. I need my water, but would you mind just passing me my water, Alex? Sorry, just, it's quite warm, isn't it? So give me just a second. Otherwise I'm not going to be able to speak. So agape is the highest form of love between God and humankind and humankind and God. The second time, Jesus focuses on Peter alone, and again uses the word agape. Do you love me? But the third time, Jesus uses the word that is translated into Greek as phileo. I, I may not be pronouncing that 100% correctly. I'm not Greek, I'm afraid. But, but that translates it like something into like brotherly love. In essence, Jesus is saying to Peter, are you even my friend? I love how Jesus gets to the heart of the matter here, how Peter must have felt in that moment as Jesus approaches him. I wonder if Jesus was standing in front of you right now, how would you respond if he asked you, do you truly love me? Do you love me? Are you even my friend? Jesus restores Peter. Peter repents and he turns his life around and he goes on to live the most extraordinary of lives. And we see a little foretaste of how his life ended. He too was was crucified. But he was able to live a life that was free from regret. I wonder what that looks like for us. Do we bring him all our brokenness? Do we bring him all our mistakes? Do we allow him to restore us as he restored Peter, allowing our lives to be turned around and stepping into a life of abundance that is free from regret. Peter's story also tells us that nothing, nothing can separate us from the love of God. In the first pages of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, Jesus calls Peter to him. And Peter dropped everything to follow Jesus and Jesus in turn invested so much time in him. He walked along with him. He had these little teaching moments. And some of the most intimate times that Jesus spent with anyone were with Peter, along with James and with John as well. And yet, in Jesus' greatest moment of need, the moment where he needed his friends around him as Jesus was taken away to be killed, Peter walked in the opposite direction. He denies even knowing him. No wonder he was so so sheepish when Jesus approaches him on the beach. And yet from this moment on, as Peter has that encounter with Jesus on the beach, Peter is completely restored. And once Jesus then departs the earth, Peter, full of the power of the Holy Spirit, he leads the disciples, he gets up to speak on the day of Pentecost, he preaches the good news, he heals the sick, he carries the good news of the gospel to all of those around him and releases others to do the same. And eventually he too is crucified on a cross just as Jesus was for spreading the good news of the one that he had rejected because he was able to experience complete restoration. You know, we see this throughout Scripture. We see God restoring and releasing broken men and women back to him and releasing them to be his hands and feet on this earth. But I wonder, do we really believe that he can do that for us? Do we really believe that we are worthy of restoration? Perhaps we think it's okay for others. You know, there's some great examples in the Bible. There's some really holy men and women that I know, of course, they can receive restoration. But do we believe that for us? You don't know what I've done. You don't know what habits I I get up to in my private time. Yes, he will restore even you and me, whatever you have done, because there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. There is nothing that can stop you from experiencing the same kind of restoration that Peter himself experienced. And Jesus longs for each one of us to accept that invitation, to receive the restoration that he longs all of us to step into, that we live lives of abundance. And finally, you know, there's always someone who has been there before. I love the example of Peter. I just want to share a story that I first heard in, in the um, TV show, The West Wing. So if you're frustrated by politics right now, maybe some of us are, this is a really wholesome, brilliant example of, of good politics, okay? So, so there's this story. There's a guy who's, who's found himself in a really difficult place, and his boss, his friend, stands by for them. He's there waiting for him, and then he tells him this story. He says... This guy is walking down the street when he falls in a hole. The walls are so steep that he can't get out. A doctor passes by and the guy shouts up, Hey, can you help me out? The doctor writes a prescription, throws it down in the hole and moves on. Then a priest comes along and the guy shouts up, Father, I'm down in this hole, can you help me out? The priest writes out a prayer, throws it down in the hole and moves on. Then a friend walks by, hey Joe, it's me, can you help me out? And the friend jumps in the hole. And the guy says, are you stupid? Now we're both down here. The friend says, yeah, but I've been down here before, and I know the way out. I love that. The reality is we are all broken, but we all need people around us that can help us out of that hole. You see, we, we are surrounded by people who make the same mistakes as us, who are broken in the same ways as us. Even someone who lived as remarkable a life as Peter did, a man who made so many mistakes, and yet Jesus used him incredibly once he had been restored. And the reality is that we probably wouldn't be sat here if it wasn't for Peter being restored. You know, if it wasn't for Peter and the other apostles full of the power of the Holy Spirit, who carried the good news of Jesus to most of the known world. And here we stand today as a result of Peter's restoration in some ways. And Jesus longs for each one of us to experience that restoration. And if we look around the room, there are always people that are just a few steps ahead of us. So let's look ahead of us. Who who can help us into that next stage? Who can help us out of that hole? And likewise, if we look behind us, who can we help out of the hole that we've already been in ourselves? And that's why at Riverside, small groups and tri-groups are so important. Helping those that are in similar situations. Helping people. So if you're not part of a small group already, can I encourage you, not only that you can receive support and help from others, but also that you can help others out from the place that they find themselves in, pointing each one of us towards a place of restoration. And I just want to land with this, these words from uh, the pastor, uh, Stephen Furtick. Um, he says this, he says, there is nothing that the enemy has taken from your life that God can't restore. There is nothing in our lives, nothing, no, no sin that we've committed no habit that we can't break, because God is a God of restoration, and He longs for each one of us to receive that. So, what I'd love to do is just pray for us. I know it's warm this morning; it's only going to get warmer, friends. Um, but I just would love to pray for us, just as we as we sit here. Um, and for some of us, I just sense there's there's a there's an opportunity to receive the acceptance, to receive the forgiveness and the restoration that God longs us to step into. And so maybe you've never given your yes to Jesus. Today might be a great day to do that. But I think for all of us, there are things that are broken that need restoring in our lives. So I'd love you just as I pray to make this prayer your own, and then we'll spend some time praying for one another. Jesus, I thank you that there is nothing that I have done, there is nothing that I am doing, and there is nothing that I will ever do that you can't forgive and won't restore. I come to you in my brokenness. I come to you with all my faults, all the things I get wrong. For knowing that nothing I do can ever separate me from your love. Jesus, we thank you for the example of Peter. We thank you for the restoration that you gave him. And Jesus, we want to say yes to you. We say yes to your forgiveness. We say yes to your acceptance. And we say yes to your restoration. We say yes to turning our lives around for you. We choose and we want to live a life of fullness. I don't want to make do with second best. I want to live the best life that I can lead. So Lord, as we, as we sit here, as we, as we respond, would you break off the things that hold us back from living the kind of lives that you long for us? We give our yes to you in everything. In the name of your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.